Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For a free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello, I'm here. It's, it's good to hear that song. It's been a year. It's been, it's, I was about to say, it's been literally a year. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember when I started using this song, or if I started using it as the only one for the, the top 10 episodes, like, immediately, or if there was a gap year or something. But, like, now I just, I love it, because I am like, oh, it's a top 10? Let me cue up the Beyonce. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Also here to run down our top 10 films of the year 2020, it's Bill Graham. Should I put my mask on now or about like a quarter way through the top 10? <laughs> I feel like that that would be appropriate. Uh, I, I mean, whatever, like you're... <laughs> Here's the thing, like, how many of us have movies on our list that we saw in theaters? Like, that's a real question. <laughs> I have one in my honorable mentions. <laughs> All right. I have, I have one. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. And then I have one Basically, in my honorable mentions. Yeah. I, I think I think my number one movie spoiler is uh, movie theaters. Man, they're fucking great. Right. <laughs> miss those things <laughs> i am um, i i'll just say uh, okay so yeah obviously i said it's our top 10 episode i was gonna try to troll this podcast by making queen's gambit my number three and then what if yes. and when i got any pushback i was gonna be like whatever i saw it on the same service where i saw to five bloods and the devil all the time same place <laughs> same method Fuck all of you. The Queen's Gambit's a movie now because everything that I like more than television shows usually get liked is a movie now. But then I was like, you know, you seem to I think just... I care if you did that. Like, you could totally do that. No, it was going to be for like, I just it wasn't even going to be like the troll you two. It was going to be like everyone at home who was going to be like, oh, Brian still bitching about Twin Peaks. The return Rowan is suddenly putting Queen's Gambit on his list. Um. And there was another point when I was going to just suddenly like start naming random shit. It was going to basically turn into a giant meta thing about how uh, top 10 lists are nonsense and most people don't even confer to like actual movies when they're doing them. But then I decided, you know what? No, I'm going to try to bring some integrity, uh, though. Uh, I guess spoiler alert, there is a point where I have a small axe film and I was like, does that mean the whole damn thing? Like, I just don't know. Uh, sure. So. Yeah, but you know, I, I decided to just roll with it. So we're here to talk about our top tens of the year 2020, a year that has been very strange for cinema. Um, with, you know, no obviously. <laughs> Did you say no Yeah, that's Bill? literally all we need to say. About it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't even what like what. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's so weird because, like, looking back, 2020 might legitimately be one of the best years of my life in terms of things that I accomplished and places that I went in my like professional journey 
Um, but it also is a year that brought us just like 17 different hellscapes every week. From so the I've, bottom of my heart, Brian, fuck you. <laughs> that's the thing is like, I can never be like 2020, the year my life changed for the better because every single human being around me will be like, uh, what? Yeah. And I can talk about like, you know, job switching, mortgage refinancing, finalizing my divorce and all this stuff and all these like great personal journeys that I took that brought me to a better, more stable place. You know, opening the distillery and everything. But like, uh, yeah, it was also 2020, the year of the plague and the year of the insurrection <laughs> and the year of the riots and the year of like just everything that went wrong this year. Pretty fucking much. Yeah, I'll I go with that. I also got my new camera this year. That was pretty friggin' awesome. Like, glad I was able to do that. But again, I'm just gonna have to lie and say all that stuff happened in 2019. No, you know, I, I, I will say I am kind of with you there. Besides the loss of kind of my job in October, like I, I had a really fucking nice year, and like I enjoyed. I, I didn't enjoy being in quarantine, but I didn't hate it as much as like a lot of other people. And I think part of that is because of my outlet through the gym, like I, w- I was coaching and so I was still interacting with some people. And I know a lot of people are like shut ins and kind of like, hey, <laughs> I didn't do anything different than I normally do. I said <laughs> no to everything. You know, I, I definitely have some friends that are like, uh, th- my life didn't change. Like, w- what's going on, y'all? Um, but I I enjoy interacting with people, but I also don't necessarily need it. But I feel like had I not had the gym as an outlet, maybe I would have gone a little stir crazy. Um, and I will say talking about movies on a week to week basis with y'all is a pleasure. And this has been a good year. I feel like we've gotten to know each other a lot more this year than we have in the past. Like the psychological barriers crumbled and we were just like, there's no room for bullshit anymore. This is what I really think. Yes. There, there was definitely just a, a, a clearing of the air in a lot of senses. So yeah. Um, I, I, I really have enjoyed this year podcasting with y'all. Um, it's unfortunate because I feel more disconnected from what is like popular and what is good in cinema, except for the last three weeks or so since I've been crushing these movies and like trying to figure out what is good. So I feel like I'm caught up back on the movie scape, but I was really, really fucking lost there for a while, guys. I didn't even. So this is this. Is, I still have to do all the front matter and stuff, but we can do all this pre-roll. Um, like I have some screeners of stuff that like might show up on end of year lists. Mm-hmm. You know, like Nomadland springs to mind just because that's the one I keep hearing about, and like I didn't sure. bother to watch any of them. I was just like, I just like, I get it. I'm going to like, why would I put myself through that? The new season of blown away was out. I had to well, check well, out that. Let me, let me you know? ask you. And, inst- and there you, was a point when I was already like, vote. No, I haven't, already- I haven't even voted yet, but like, I've got oh, this top okay, 10 okay. episode and I'm like, uh Oh, but then I'm just like, what? I'm going to say Nomadland is like my number seven of the year. And like every single person who listens is going to be like, uh, did that come out? When is that coming out? I don't know when that's sure. coming out. Sure, and it's just sure. like, who does that help? You know? So like, I just decided, eh, screw it. I'm not even going to bother. I just, you know, I stuck with what I saw. I, I made it really, truly about the year 2020. 
any movie that I had the time in my schedule to check out, I uh, I have on the list, and I didn't bother with the crunches and all that stuff. Like, but you all, I mean, Bill, I know you had your voting, but like for this, did you make any like attempt to be like, oh, if the podcast is coming, I should really attempt to uh, put some other stuff well, on. I, I mean, thankfully, a lot of it kind of overlapped. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I voted. What was it? Saturday. And so I, I think I've watched two movies since Saturday. So I definitely like, you know, let off the gas, um, in terms of screener (laughs) watching. Um, I did try and sneak another one in, but then I, I quit halfway through. I was like this, no, this isn't going to make the list and I don't give a fuck about this movie anymore. That's Um, like my fit, like the years when it's normal, when I've got like my stack of DVDs, and mm-hmm. I, it's also I've realized like I will not watch an online screener <laughs> unless it's a movie I'm super excited for. Like I need the DVDs. It's the only way that I'm going to be aware of what I have and what I don't have. And mm-hmm. I remember whatever year this film came out, the year of Vice, when mm-hmm. I was like, OK, you know, the voting happens in a week. I really got to like try to knock out like two or three movies a day. And I got to the point where I was like, if this shit doesn't hook me in 15 minutes, I'm turning it off. Yep, yep. Because I did that with Vice. I was just like, no, it's getting nothing from me. <laughs> <laughs> Snydell, did you have any like last minute attempts to fit anything in under the wire? I mean, like I created lists of things I should finish. I created lists of things I should finish last in December. And then, oh, we ended up getting a Switch. And I can tell you about the video games I played instead. (laughs) And also the hundreds of episodes of Jeopardy and Trivia Reality TV that we've been watching. let Let me put it this way. It wasn't a good year, but I was very happy. You know, I I live with my best friend. So, like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I it could be a lot worse. <laughs> that's, that's it. Like, it wasn't that's a good year, yeah. but it could it could have been a lot worse. And it was hard to find energy for a lot of things. And... Behind the scenes, I can say I'm I'm having a lot of problems with sleeping right now that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, as in, I sleep too much. I, I don't have the insomnia that everybody. Else <laughs> well, you son of a bitch has. Uh, but I'm always always tired. So I partly blame that because it's easier than saying it's any kind of flaw in a self in myself uh i have a sleep disorder i'm totally not just like you know undiagnosed <laughs> clinically depressed not wanting to get out of bed oh no i'm, I'm diagnosed with that too oh, okay so you got it <laughs> no this is this is separate this is a, a fun like you know so uh, you've got one layer you've got normal human eight hours of sleep then you've got the added two to three hours for depression sleep and then on top of that you have whatever this new thing is i've, I've literally fallen asleep at a keyboard at like 10 30 p.m before okay. well clearly like, we have to keyboard and wake up and there's a fucking imprint on my face uh but yeah into your actual question i you know i got to a few things uh, one of them actually shows up in my honorable mentions. Hey, uh, well, that's good. That would be the most annoying thing if, like, I actually powered down or, like, I guess, knuckled down, powered up, and like watched twenty movies in two weeks, and none of them cracked my top ten. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that, and there were definitely some things where I'm like, "All right, 
I, me and this person's taste literally sync up, you know, 85% of the time, mm-hmm. but like, nah, <laughs> just, just <laughs> but like, nah, I don't have it right now. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. So that's, uh, that's us psychologically walking <laughs> into this top 10 list. I hope that's been, uh, edifying to someone out there. Otherwise I, I we would just like, I, I'm sorry. I would like to give a quick shout out. Even more, or not even more, I, this podcast has been great for that. It's been awesome to talk to people about classics. Like, I'm so glad we got to do a podcast about fucking Final Destination 2. I was going to say Mask of like, Zorro. Uh, John Q, The Mask of Zorro. Like, we did a ton of stuff that we just wouldn't have had time for, and I wouldn't have enjoyed as much as The Mask of Zorro, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Um, and I appreciate that. And I also want to say like cinephile game night, uh, which is now like pretty crowded every week, but it's it's kind of ridiculous because people are like, I haven't spoken to another human being all week. I guess maybe I should do this. It's it's like real, it's, it's real fun. Uh, there's a few people who are too good and we might have to (laughs) ban every week, but, uh, Yeah, thank you to everyone who's been joining the Cinephile Game Night. And seriously, to all listeners, if you'd like to join, uh, I'm on at Snydell at Twitter. Uh, Just DM me if you'd like to join. I'm literally saying my DMs are open. Slide on in. Make me regret this. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, my DMs are closed. Stay out, my DMs. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) <laughs> oh man speaking of the classics i like there was a part of me that like legitimately was like i should just put final destination and mask of Zorro on my top 10 because they are some of the best yeah. movies that i've seen this year <laughs> you know we had a podcast about them that counts uh looking at my list of every because almost every new movie that i saw in fact i think all of them except for one are movies that we did podcasts on Uh, because that's just how my life is now and i like wish that my bottom 10 we could have just not done and just done more classic episodes Uh, because those were some really awesome conversations but anyway our our Um, eic would have jordan rob like would have he would have like laughed if you just handed that in and been like yeah sure (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll, I'll put this up as a list how about instead of borat I'm thinking of ending things. She dies tomorrow and relic. We do, uh, I don't know, like face off top gun. (sighs) What a different world it would have been. Anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter at film stage show, Facebook, the film stage show, become a patron of this podcast by going to patreon.com slash the film stage show. Uh, that way you get access to our Slack channel so you can talk with us and all of our, uh, other patrons who, Today we're having very spirited conversations about just all kinds of stuff. Uh, it was a little overwhelming in all honesty. <laughs> Hard to know when to jump in. Uh, so if you'd like to become part of the scrum, go to patreon.com slash the film stage show. And also don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. Every day Mubi premieres a new film, but it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite, and a claim masterpiece. It's guaranteed to either be a movie that you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before, and there's always something new to discover. These films are hand-selected, so you know that you're not just getting whatever came in the package that someone had to pay for in order to get the one movie they wanted and the 17 other movies they didn't. Um, talking about... What the fuck is that? What is that? Is someone calling in? Oh. What? 
Are we being zoom bombed? <laughs> what are you talking about? I heard I have no I heard dialing. <laughs> My Skype made the sound it makes when like it's dialing someone. Uh, this I person's don't. in the house, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um <laughs> Your dog say? will save you. Yeah, no, she's she's <laughs> fine. Um, that's actually funny because like people are like 2021, the Biden White House, like the, the vaccine. And I'm just like 2021 is already worse than 2020 for me because <laughs> I had to take my dog to the emergency room and then a neurologist because yeah. she had seizures amongst mm. a bunch of other shit. And I'm just like 2021 sucks. I wish it was 2020 again. <laughs> no, you don't. Ah, Jesus. Okay. Anyway, speaking of 2020 and movies that we talked about on this podcast, um, Martin Eden is now streaming exclusively on movie. So if you, like me, are the type of person who all throughout this year heard virtual cinemas, what the hell does that even mean? How do I do that? What can I watch it on? Don't have to worry about it anymore because Martin Eden is now on movie and you can watch movie on your smartphone. You can throw it onto your television. It's got an app on the Roku that's really great. And uh, yeah, so that movie, which I did not like, but which I have seen on many, many end of the year lists. And uh, God only knows, maybe it'll show up on one of ours. ours. Yeah. So that is that is going to be on someone's? No, 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 no. The, I, the I, film stage. Oh, the film stage. Okay. I thought you meant one of ours, like the three yeah, of us that. sitting here right now. I was about to say, I don't know, it seems a little crazy to me. Anyway, if you've forgotten what it's about or you didn't listen to our episode, this is a movie that is based on a Jack London novel. <clears throat> Martin is a self-taught proletarian with artistic aspirations who hopes that his dreams of becoming a writer will help him rise above his station and marry a wealthy young university student. His dissatisfactions of working class toil and bourgeois success lead to political awakening. Now, if that doesn't sound like thrill a minute barn burner to you, I don't know what does. As I said, this movie has been gracing top 10 lists all over the place, including the illustrious film stage top 10. And you can only see it now on movie for a free 30-day trial of movie all you gotta do is go to mubi.com slash film stage again that is mubi.com slash film stage and that's that we are now free to enter into our top 10 lists of 2020 a year that will go down in infamy um we will do our top tens, then we'll just scatter out some uh, some honorable mentions. Um, we'll have a few laughs, and everything should be great. So, Bill Graham, ooh, what okay. is your what is your number ten film of the year? Number ten. Okay, okay, we're starting there. All right. What do you mean? Uh, we're start- I, I, Have you been I, I, here the for, last for, for, four years that you've some, been here? For some reason, I thought we were starting with number one. I don't know. Where? Nobody does number one anyways. No, but yeah, I, no I don't one, know what the fuck I was thinking. No one in the Look. history of top ten lists what? has ever been like, let me start with the best one. <laughs> people are going to turn it off People are really going to be curious what made number ten if that was number one. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, uh number 1, have I have to reorganize my my browser tab, my browser tabs. <laughs> um okay, so number 1 was Tenet. Um I did not see this in theaters. I did not risk COVID-19. Um but I did watch it just a couple of days ago. So this is one of those uh last minute crunch 
movies. I had heard uh, a lot of mixed things, I would say, about this movie. Uh, I still haven't listened to our podcast. That's how recently I, I watched it. I was just this. about to ask that. <laughs> yes. Um, I Look, I was falling asleep watching another screener midway through the day and Erica got home and I turned to her and I said, I, I'm falling asleep. I need something else to wake me up. Do you want to watch Tenet? A two and a half hour Christopher Nolan movie. And she was like, sure. And so I logged in. Screener wasn't working. Cool. Let's just fucking rent this thing. Let's get this over with. Um, and I was fucking riveted. I, absolutely love the film it makes no fucking sense i don't give a shit john david washington is a fucking superstar uh robert pattinson is great in this i hate what they did to elizabeth debicki but that being said uh i had so much fucking fun with this movie it looks beautiful it sounds fucking great uh I I I just got a new soundbar and this thing fucking like rocked it. I was just like, yes, this looks great. It sounds great. It is great. I love this fucking movie. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Don't at me. I loved it. Number ten. Uh, they do let Elizabeth Debicki be tall though, which is all that Twitter yes. requires of a person who casts <laughs> Elizabeth Debicki. So we can all yes. be thankful for that. For for the five seconds that she is. Yeah, the, I, I was she disappointed. She drives that it, a car it, it, from the I, back no, 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 no. seat with her she foot. She doesn't drive that. She doesn't drive it. She unlocks a door. That's all I saw. She's mm. my same height. Like it's not that weird to me that she's. Well, tall. of course not, fucking Snydell. <laughs> You're how tall again? Seven three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When did when did you try out for the NBA, Michael? I, this has been asked by a number of people in the Slack. <laughs> I, I, they and they quote. I, I I am paraphrasing. I can't say quote because I don't remember jack shit. But they said they paraphrase saying, "If you are not good at basketball, what use are you?" <laughs> <laughs> I am not good at basketball. Right at that Sorry. point, your tallness <laughs> just becomes a burden on the world around you. <laughs> It's a burden. You're impossible to shop for. If your friend has a compact car, you can't drive in the back. You hit your head on things without even realizing. I'm I'm insanely rich. Michael is freakishly tall. And Bill is the strongest man in the Gulf Coast. (laughs) See, it's funny, though, because my brother is uh, 6'7", so he's even taller than me. Jesus Christ! Why? Uh, anyway, again, yeah, just literally why? Like, no one has to be that tall anymore. We have and machines. You chose now. <laughs> to to watch movies as kind of like a career where you sit in front of. He people. really liked sitting in front of short people in movie theaters, and the rest kind of came naturally. Is this why I was bad as a journalist? Like, I was just intimidating to every interview suspect or, or subject. <laughs> you called they them suspects. I- that was the real problem. <laughs> You'd sit down for a filmed interview and you'd be like, today's suspect is the alderman of Ward 6. They thought I was going to like step on them like a giant. Oh my God. All right, Michael Snydell, what's your number 10? Sure, sure. Uh, my number 10 is uh, a film called The The Father by uh, director Florian Zeller. And um, I, I, I will say that this will be easier to see uh, at the end of February, it's it's especially going to be on VOD and in theaters. It looks like February twenty sixth. So the the father is a uh, an adaptation of a, a play that people really like 
of the same name, uh, also from Florian Zeller. And uh, it stars uh, Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins. And it it is basically uh, Anthony Hopkins as a man who has uh, who has dementia. And, uh, and Olivia Coleman trying to take care of him. And so it, it, it is in sense, um, very much a performance piece, but I think what makes it so great and not feel stagey, which is something that's bothered me a lot uh, this year and things like Ma Rainey's big bottom. Is that right? Black no, bottom. Black Yikes. bottom, not big bottom. <laughs> <No>. <clears throat> Marini's Black Bottom and uh, Hamilton and One Night in Miami and et cetera. But what I think what makes this uh, really good uh, film and just riveting is is one, Anthony Hopkins is just the nastiest. Uh, like he's just such a um, he's such a clever, uh, just a masterfully nasty old man here to his daughter. And um, it, it, so this is just a very, um, it's kind of a, a black comedy, but especially coming from the writer of the play being the director. I, I think that this film has a wonderful sense of just using this single location, this apartment where he lives. The editing is fantastic. So much of this is putting you in his perspective as like things like paintings and chairs and uh, all kinds of things that he seems to misunderstand or mishear. And uh, yeah, I like I really wasn't expecting to like this. It very much has the tinge of kind of a uh, cornball prestige play. And then about five minutes in, I'm like, Ooh, this is mean. <laughs> what I really like. So yeah, it's it's coming up for the president, and uh, I can't say enough nice things about it. <laughs> so that was Person. the air horn. <laughs> we discussed this beforehand. I actually gave Michael double the amount of time that we had previously discussed. All right, well then pull the air horn next time. I did. I did. I shot the air horn. Did you not hear the air horn? Yeah, but I did. If you gave me double the time, give me single the time. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I was actually having fun listening to that, but but like this is one of the, so this is one of those things. This is one of those screeners I have where I was like, I don't know why would I talk about this now? Because like you, it's it's sort of I feel about it sort of how I feel about or felt about the portrait of a lady on fire, mm. where it was like it's getting released like you know. Oh. February 14th, why on earth would I watch it? Because it played for like two weeks in LA, you know? Well, inside inside baseball, I mean, I had awards stuff early December. So it was something That's that ended up on my ballot. Uh, Olivia Coleman specifically ended up very high on my best actress ballot. Oh, nice. Awesome. Well, yes, I, yeah, I presume I, this will be uh, one of those movies that we talk about on this podcast. Yeah, yeah we should. I, I, I caught up with this as well, and uh, I was I was really struck by it. And it, honestly, like I was struck by the fact that uh, he is actually giving a performance, which I haven't seen from him probably since yeah. fucking Hannibal Lecter. Like, it, holy it's been shit! A while. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you not love him as Odin? <laughs> uh yeah no he's he's very sleepy in odin or in thor's uh but uh no he is fucking fantastic he's got a couple of sequences that really break your heart um you know i i watched uh 
one of my grandparents him with that Jackson. young caretaker bill mm. that, that was that is one scene that's unbelievable yeah. definitely uh we'll, we'll probably get to this down the line so that's that's all i kind of say um yeah. yeah it's 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 really good all right as for me my number 10 film of the year is to five bloods uh this is a film that was released on netflix uh directed by spike lee starring a bevy of great actors. Um, the one who I will highlight here is Delroy Lindo, who I think is still a lock for me for best actor of this year or supporting. I don't know how they're going to run him, but whatever, whatever he's in he's best actor, he should yeah. win it. <laughs> like, you know, um, yeah, this is just a great kinetic action movie with a lot on its mind. And um, it, it says it all very eloquently and very entertainingly. And um, it was a bright spot. Uh, during a period of the year where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to see anything worthwhile from here on out. Sure. But, um, sure. you know, Netflix, every once in a while, they give an auteur a shit ton of money and things actually turn out okay. Uh, so the Irishman to five bloods can make up for, you know, Roma and Mank. So that's my number 10. That is to five bloods. Woo. Yeah. All right. Number nine, Bill Graham. All right. Uh, so this one's probably going to be a little controversial, but that's okay. Uh, we'll have to it. Um, so number nine is a late uh, viewing also, uh, and it's actually a late change up uh, just recently, uh, considering Michael mentioned that he's only got two films that we've done podcasts on. So I was like, all right, fuck you. Let's uh, let's mix it up then. Uh, so this is Pieces of a Woman. Um, and I understand that people probably are going to grumble and, and grouch about this movie. Um, this is not, uh, what is it? What promising other young woman. Movie? Yeah. This is not promising young woman with, uh, Carrie Mulligan. This I've is heard very g- few good things about either of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a movie starring Vanessa Kirby and, uh, fucking Shia LaBeouf. Um, but, uh, Vanessa Kirby's performance in this is just bar none fantastic. It deals with um, I, I it happens within. Uh, uh, I don't think uh, it's a spoiler, Bill. I know what you're uh, talking about. It, it, it deals with uh, the not stillbirth, but basically a a mishap in birth at a at home birth. Okay, and so uh, it deals with the fallout of this, and I felt like it really did that a incredible service of like talking about the nuances of this um, and all of the things that kind of fallout from this um it is also incredibly well shot it is fucking beautiful um i i don't know i i know that there's a lot of holes in it i know that there's a lot of things that kind of could be pulled out of it that that aren't intended or you know aren't aren't very good but ellen burston and vanessa kirby just throwing words at each other for most of this movie i would have signed up for another hour of it um i really really enjoyed this and like i said uh benjamin Loeb is the cinematographer he fucking it looks <laughs> yeah no that's fine yeah no you it sounded like you're wrapping up um i'm gonna say that the air horn is not a you must stop talking now the air horn is just a be aware of the fact yeah, yeah. <laughs> beware of the fact that you're fucking boring <laughs> that you've been talking for two goddamn minutes 
<laughs> yeah, I started a timer too. I got a I got a little stopwatch going. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Good. So you know I'm being honest. I'm not just gonna start being like, oh, that 30 seconds was actually 20 minutes. Um this is a movie that I've heard about, and like I said, I've heard nothing but bad things, weirdly, mm-hmm. except for like maybe Vanessa Kirby being good. Same. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, I oh, might so, watch so it. So, Mike, you, you hadn't seen it either? Uh, no, I, I, oh, wow. I had heard uh, a number of things, so I, I stayed away. Uh, Kirby's been someone, I mean, she's even a bright spot in Hobbs and Shaw in that movie. Oh, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's, she's like the good, th- the good thing about Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yes, yeah. Agreed. Yep. Um, more badass Imogen Poots is how I call her. Um, Michael, <laughs> glad everyone got that. She uh, was in The Father. So yeah. is she? Yes, she is. Yeah, wow, she's one she of the caretakers. Probably yeah. currently the most represented actor <laughs> on this uh, on this list. All right, uh, Michael Snydell, you're number nine. Yeah, sure. Uh, Start the minute now. Uh, So uh, Driveways is uh, another film I didn't expect to like very much because it very much uh, when when I saw the trailers for it, it very much seemed like it was trying to be this gentle Sundance drama. It's far more interesting, though, besides including the swan song performance of uh, the great Brian Dennehy. Uh, who you might remember from First Blood. <laughs> oh, I was going to say uh, Knight of Cups. Yes, he is. In, yeah, he is very good in Knight of Cups yeah. as well. Uh, but this is Andrew Ahn, who previously did uh, Spa Nights. And so this film is it's uh, it's a very simple story. Essentially, Hong Chao, uh, the actress Hong Chao plays the mother of a young boy. And they go to her sister's house who uh, committed suicide. And so uh, in the, uh, so they go for a weekend to essentially clean out her house and the boy being very bored strikes up a friendship with Brian Dennehy's character next door. Uh, It's essentially just about this, but it's really a uh, kind of startlingly well observed drama uh, about aging and, um, a, a film that I, I kind of love how uninterested it is in large gestures. In uh, the fact, the last thing I'll say is what should be the big speech moment of the entire movie is entirely misunderstood by the other person hearing the speech, which I think is uh, a great encapsulation of how many different levels this movie's working on. And, uh, Hong Chao, great actress, R.I.P. Brian Dennehy. Well, look at that. Avoided the horn. Um, Driveways is a movie that I've heard a lot about. I, I had no idea how to see it, and I didn't. <laughs> it It is, uh, I can also say it's available on Hoopla and Canopy. Mm-hmm. I, I only know what one of those is. <laughs> well, they're, they're the two different kind of library streaming services. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Yes. Interesting. All right, so that was uh, number nine, Driveways for Michael Snydell. You can watch it on Hoopla and Canopy. As for me, number nine, um, I don't know where you can see this, but you should try to find it. It's The Color Out of Space. This is a uh, crazy, insane movie uh, that we talked about on this here podcast, so I won't go too much into it. Richard Stanley directs, and um, he his background is is nuts, so look him up. I'm not going to explain it. Uh, Jolie Richardson and Nicolas Cage star 
And this is a super crazy, shockingly good take uh, adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft story that I love. The practical effects are amazing. The knowledge of the alpaca economy is likewise very good. (laughs) And I just... You see Shout things. out to our Scout to FOIA uh, yes. episode of this, uh, about and, this. And uh, it's it's just awesome. You just won't see anything else like it. And um, just for the sheer bravado and everything, I decided to make it my number nine. Also because like I still think about this every now and then. And uh, the fact that this is a movie that I'm pretty sure we watched like literally a year ago and it still stuck with me is a, a big thing for me. So Color Out of Space, number nine. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So that's number nines. Bill Graham, what is your number eight? All right. So I got another Netflix movie here. Um, (laughs) It is going to be Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, Not Big Bottom, but Black Bottom. Are you sure about that? Because I've heard it both ways. (laughs) Very, very sure. Um, so this is a film directed by George C. Wolf. It is based on an August Wilson play. It is about some blues singers in that became popular in the South and then, uh, try to record something up in Chicago. If I'm not mistaken, um, Chicago making an appearance again. Michael Seidel uh, suddenly interested. It well, is I, I hot. It. I am it, not. Oh, it is mind. it is very hot it is very sweaty it is the last performance of Jack, Chadwick Boseman who passed away way too young um, Viola Davis gives an amazing performance Chadwick Boseman looks ragged and and small and frail in this which is very sad um, you can tell he definitely lost a lot of weight um, Obviously, he was dealing with some sickness and uh, yeah, Um, but he really, really sells this. He is a firecracker in this film when he mostly plays like the the straight man, um, kind of the 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 heavy weight, the anchor in a lot of movies. Um, So this is very different from something like Black Panther or any of these other movies. Um, And it really, really showcases the push and pull of what being an artist means and following someone else's beat. And I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and, you know, Viola Davis plays a character that just doesn't give a fuck. And she is very, uh, she runs her fucking route and that's it. Like just her way or the highway. And I loved it. So yeah, that is, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. All right. I'll just say that that is the uh, second film that is based off of a play that has meet, uh, met our, our lists thus far. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Michael Snydell, what's your number eight? My number eight is The Grand Bazaar uh, by director Jody Mack. I wish I could say this is easily accessible uh, somewhere at the at the moment, but uh, it was playing on Mubi last year, and uh, I, I did hear from a few people who got to it. So essentially, this is um, uh, Jody Mack is a multimedia uh, kind of experimental uh, animator. Etc. Like she, she's uh, very much someone who works in collages. Uh, she had a great 
a film as well called Dusty Stacks of Mom, which I recommend. Um, so the Grand Bazaar is literally, uh, it's a collage of various different fabrics and textiles. And uh, that may sound uh, potentially uninteresting, but it's, it's very playful. It has a certain rapid fire, uh, it's, yeah, sorry. It's a rapid fire in its movement. It, it almost becomes, I, I described it as an, uh, industrial musical actually in our film stage top 50, uh, films of 2020 list. And, um, yeah, it, it also has a ridiculously great soundtrack that's also made by Jody Mack. Uh, that's kind of IDM, uh, playful, you know, uh, Fortet, Aphex Twin, kind of warp, uh, the warp label, like something that would fit on the warp label. Uh, yeah, it's it's really fun, it's gorgeous, and it's the most mesmerizing thing I saw all last year. Uh, I, I guess the type of filmmaking, if you want to type, is it's uh, Stroba's Jesus. Stroboscopic montage and stop motion. So that's kind of the that's the tradition it's coming from. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now you said it would uh, go on the warp label. Would it would it fit on the warped tour? No. Okay. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) I had to ask. Um, All right. That's the Grand Bazaar. And I've literally never heard of it before. Uh, there's a trailer if anybody would like to get a sense of what it's like there's a trailer out there that gives you a good sense of its hyperactive rhythms all right so check that out as for me uh, my number eight film of the year is a Shaun the sheep movie farmageddon we talked about this on a podcast um i legitimately don't think that any of my top 10 are ones that we didn't talk about on a podcast so i should just stop saying that um it's a it's a great movie. It's a fun, cute family film. Uh, the animation is, of course, top rate. The story is very moving and very entertaining. And um, I don't know, like, what else is there to say? It's a Shaun the Sheep movie. It's classic kind of silent comedy transposed into this adorable farm sheep who has to help an alien. And um, it's it's crazy that a children's movie can give more depth and more humanity to its antagonists than many mainstream blockbusters with so much more money and so much more time and so much more dialogue are able to actually accomplish. So if you would like to check out the craft involved there, this is a movie on Netflix that is a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. And now we move to uh, our number sevens. Bill Graham, what is your number seven film of the year? Uh, so our, my number seven is a, not Sean, the sheep, but another farm animal, a, uh, first cow. So, uh, I thought you were going to, what was the, what was the black and white movie that everyone was going fucking crazy for? Gunda? Yeah. With the pig. Yeah. I thought we were moving towards that. I I don't even know what that movie is. Okay. Anyways, um, 
my movie is First Cow, which is a A24 release. Um, came out, I guess it came out last, or two years ago, like at the end of 2019. And it was kind of like controversial whether it was a 2019 movie or a 2020 movie. Uh, I'm glad we ended up seeing it. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, this is probably going to be a number one for a Wait, lot of First people. First Cow didn't, it didn't come out in 2019 at all. Well, it played at the Telluride, and it it had like oh, like, I, I, I just it came right at the beginning of pandemic. I, I thought yeah. that's what you were kind no, of no, no, because this is to. this is one of those movies where it was like um uh uh I guess it's coming out. No, it's not coming out. It sort of was out in like three theaters. Now we were going to release yep. it later, and we talked okay. about it like months Much into later. the pandemic. I feel like yeah, because by that point I was loopy enough to spend the entire episode making cow puns on classic <laughs> literature about affairs yeah, yeah. that sounds about right yeah, yeah. madame bovary yeah madame yeah. madame bovinery anna cow <laughs> lady cowderly's lover i remember all them right, all shut the fuck up this is my time <laughs> i'm um, not it, i haven't started timing you bill because we had to talk about I, all I that have. <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ i'm at a minute and 20 shut the fuck up anyways <laughs> just gonna uh, give you the horn before you even get through the cast <laughs> Uh, yeah, this movie is very, very enjoyable. Uh, it's probably going to be on a lot of people's top five, maybe even number ones. Um, I really do hope it gets an Oscar nom and all that bullshit that comes with it. But, uh, I really, really enjoy this movie. I think it is small. I think it is, it is delicate. I think it is just well observed and it has some great performances and some really, really humorous and funny moments that are like this movie's just not over the top it is it is delightful it is subtle it is small and uh it's it's about a delightful little cow that uh has a little bit of a romance i love it so it's barely yeah. about the cow <laughs> i know i know <laughs> i wish it had all been told from the cow's point of view <laughs> i don't know every fucking night this guy comes and he milks me it's weird <laughs> well, we also did a podcast for that. So again, yeah. shout out to the podcast. If you want to hear more, go go fucking listen to that. Yeah, if you want to hear long form thoughts from all of us on First Cow, um, a movie that was nowhere near being in my top ten. Check it out. Um all right. So that's yeah, first Alex Heaney on that episode who along with uh Orla Smith literally Shout. wrote the book on Kelly Shout, Wright. Shouts, shouts to Michael with the uh, with the research. I like it. All right. I mean, well, he... I'll, I'll, I'll say briefly, Glenn Heath Jr. was on the Tenet episode uh, that we mentioned previously. We also mentioned Farmageddon. That's Sean Gilman. The Five Bloods. Um, the Five Bloods was Odie Henderson. That was a that was a really great i mean all of these are great episodes that Odie henderson episode though is one of my favorites from last year i am um, um, we had a lot of great and and uh, you know I, i'm sure i've said this on the podcast before but mad props to michael snydell for yes, spearheading yeah. our scheduling and uh, reaching out to people because god knows i wouldn't have the patience or the <laughs> grace to do that and you've got a lot of great people on and um I would say almost like trend setting in your ability to pick someone up and uh, and help them like come on here and, and to give them the platform <laughs> to say their thoughts. And uh, I'm not yeah. going to say we have a few people now who are too big to come back, but we have a few people. <laughs> who are too big to come back. 
but again, as while they were early, as as I believe Alexini herself said, um, we're very kind to our guests. Was that Alex who said that? <laughs> yes, but it was like it was somehow like a little bit more backhanded than that. I can't remember. We, we also had one of our first guests that was like, "I'm a fan of the film stage show," and we were like, so "Oh weird. no, Ugh. get off!" <laughs> Wait, who the hell said that? <laughs> You don't remember this? Jonah, I believe. I don't remember that at all, no. Not to put Jonah on blast, because Jonah's great. I remember being told we were generous to our guests, and I was like, are you positive? Like, can you say that again (laughs) so we have clear audio? And she said, like, yeah, a lot of podcasts, like, they invite you on, and then they don't let you talk. And I was like, I don't understand that, because the entire reason to have other people on is so I don't have to talk. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I do this, because I don't there's no like Michael you know, it's lovely to talk to new people but also like less stupid comes from me when other <laughs> smart is in yeah, the, if you can get Danielle Zimmerman on then you don't have to speak during Avengers Infinity War <laughs> <laughs> oh Danielle Danielle's great yeah we gotta have her back on before she murders you and goes to jail <clears throat> I hope everyone at home is loving these in jokes and I hope you've listened to all the episodes to understand them yeah. All right. Um, so speaking of that, uh, we also had our, our Colorado Space episode, Five Bloods and Farmageddon. Um, all those were great. Michael Snydell, what's your number seven film of the year? Yeah, my number seven is a, a, a film that I actually heard a lot about at 2019 festivals. And uh, it was interesting because it was a li- it seemed to be a little bit mixed. Uh for people but it it really really hit me and so so the the background of this movie is a little bit weird in the sense that so this movie by kiyoshi kurosawa who is who is best known for you know pulse and cure but has also done many many other films uh this was a film to commemorate 30 years of trade relations between uzbekistan and japan and so this was meant to be just this Hold documentary. My, and is, sorry, is this Akira's son? No. Okay. Um, Are you planning yeah. on saying the name of the film at some point? I, I am. Yes. Okay. It's it's called uh, To the Ends of the Earth. And so this movie, again, uh, that it uses that central premise to then explore the notion of being on and off camera to make this a mixture of kind of comedy horror melodrama about this uh this japanese anchor uh played by atsuko omeda and one of my favorite performances this year um who is trying to shoot this episode of this travel variety show and just all of these pratfalls that she's kind of forced into you know whether it's like a fisherman who uh doesn't want to help or having to in one of the most stomach churning parts having to go on a creaky fairground ride three different times because they didn't get the shot the first two times (laughs) so um there's a lot of really interesting stuff here and i i think the way that kurosawa uses kind of horror grammar uh, to say larger things about, you know, what could usually be a story of last and 
last of lost in translation uh is is far more interesting so yeah this one really snuck up on me and uh you can actually watch it through kim stim's website all right i like how the air horn turned you southern for a second (laughs) the effects of this horn on this podcast are just myriad and unpredictable (laughs) I, I have been lying this whole time about being Midwestern. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't actually from Chicago. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm from Galveston, Texas. Uh, what was the name of that movie again, since it took you a full minute to get to it? Sure. The name of that film again is To the Ends of the Earth. All right. As for me, my number seven film of the year is Soul. A movie that we had a very long, very engaging podcast about. Uh, it launched a bunch of think pieces. Not our podcast, the movie itself. <laughs> God, if we the ever podcast have... that launched a thousand think pieces. <laughs> if we ever, if we ever have a podcast that launches any think pieces, I'm quitting immediately. Um, that is a conversation that has already been had with our EIC. I cannot afford to be canceled. I will self-cancel myself instantly if that becomes a thing. Anyway, Soul, uh, the newest film from Pixar director Pete Docter. Um, Another film about jazz on our lists. Um, This is a great movie with a super interesting, super detailed vision of the afterlife. I think it has a lot of really great things to say about artistic ambition and uh, a life lived. And um, it's also uh, super funny at times in some very unpredictable ways. And the animation is predictably beautiful. This is on Disney Plus right now. Uh, you don't have to pay any extra money for it. So I suggest you check it out. That is Soul, my number seven of the year. Robin Barr was on that episode, if listeners are interested. Indeed. Nice. And um, we, we stayed very on, on point. I think that the the fewest tangents ever. Yeah. Yeah. Good for us. It's a year (laughs) of growth. Uh, Number six. Last one out of the top five. um, Bill Graham. What's your number six film of the year? Okay. So my number six has already been mentioned before, but uh, it is The Five Bloods. Um, This is, you know, uh, crucially a movie over two hours. So it's already kind of, you know, uh, going uphill, but I really <laughs> fucking enjoyed this movie as well. Um, Delroy Lindo should win all the Oscars, all the awards. Uh, he is fantastic in this and, you know, great for him because he's been someone that's kind of, you know, been around for a while. He's definitely like a known face for a lot of people. Um, even if they cannot necessarily name him, but he gives a fantastic performance as this kind of, um, um, tortured MAGA supporter who is also black, which, you know, comes with all of all of the things there as well. Um, wow. What a what a movie. What a year for that to happen. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, this is also on Netflix. Um, I think it, this is. No. Oh, okay. First cat was in between. I was going to say this is three Netflix in a row. That would have been wild. Um, but yeah, this, this movie is really great. It has some fantastic performances. It looks beautiful. Um, this definitely was like a highlight early on. I agree with Brian when he was like, 
I don't know if I'm going to like any movies this year. And then we saw this movie on the streaming, you know, Netflix and was like, oh, shit, this is actually really good and uh, deserving of all the praise it's getting. Um, it's a little messy, but, you know, ew, what Spike Lee movie is it? I, I, I really enjoy this one. Um, yeah, that's The Five Bloods. Yeah. And again, uh, Odie Henderson was on our episode on the Five Bloods, and it was a fantastic episode indeed. So you should check it out. Um, yeah, learned a lot. Three hours, from what I remember. Oh as my well. god! Yeah, it was a fucking insanely long episode because then at some point we started talking about like criticism and all this other stuff. I mean, like it was. I mean, also like Bill said, yeah. it's it's a it's a gloriously messy movie. I think I I think I um. I think I compared it to like one of those sandwiches that's just like falling apart when you eat it, but it's cause it's got so much good shit on it. And like <laughs> we legitimately probably could have talked for another three hours. Uh, and that is oh, yes. the five bloods. That is the first double up that we have had on our lists thus far. It only took us high five. Brian. Yeah. Air horn. Come on. Oh, okay. Hold <laughs> on. Give me, horn. give me one second. A double up. all right michael snydell your number six of the year sure my number six is alice winnicore's proxima which is a a film uh starring eva green uh as uh, where how when did you where is this i've wanted to see this all year it's uh, it's available for rental on iTunes. Okay, I got it. Um, yeah, done that. this is uh, this is about a um, made me lose my train of thought, Brian. That's all right. I it's restarted a, your clock. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, Eva Green plays a woman who is um, trying to. Okay, she's chosen to be an astronaut to go for a year-long stint on the International Space Station. And uh, the film is essentially just about her balancing her training uh, for being an astronaut and being a mother to her eight-year-old daughter. And it's it's one of the best films I've seen about motherhood and uh, work balance, like I don't know. It's it's been years since I can think of one uh, this good and this textured and this smart in in so many different ways. Like I I think it for a while. I, I think it's a, a great showcase, and it, it seems to initially start playing with some things about uh, some of the men um, being sexist. You have Matt Dillon. You have Lars Edinger, um, and. Um, Oh God, I can't remember the third guy's name, but you know, Matt Dillon is like very much a, uh, a real chauvinist and everything. And I, I think what's interesting is these, these men start as this very simple sexist caricature and then nearly immediately uh, start becoming way more involving and interesting. And uh, I it essentially just reinforce the complexities of the the burden of, of what it's like to be and uh, be an astronaut and leave your family and everything yeah i uh this one really snuck up on me like spo- full disclosure this started at like 15 when i saw it in december it creeped into my top 10 by this year and yeah now it's my uh whatever number we're on seven six <laughs> so we're on six <clears throat> sorry six yeah, this is available on a rental. It's called Proxima. 
yeah, th- I heard a bunch about this and I was like, oh my God, space, Ava Green, I'm all on board. And and I just never knew when or if it came out. And I was uh, I was very upset about that. But I'm glad to hear I mean, that it's out there and I should watch it. Yeah, it's a very different approach to the space movie. And I found it really refreshing. And yeah, Eva Green is spectacular in this. Yep. All right. My number six film of the year is The Vast of Night uh, by Andrew Patterson. Um, yeah. This is a fantastic uh, independently produced movie that makes use of uh, images and sound and dialogue. And that's just, it's just all over the place with great. Robert Daniels was on this episode as well. Yes. Um, I was about to say another great episode of the great guest. <laughs> I'm going to feel bad if like there's one movie that I don't say that for, because <laughs> it's going to be real awkward. Um, but yeah. anyway, uh, it's, it's about two, uh, I guess, yeah, teens, kids in uh, this one night in this one town who um, come across a a weird alien kind of thing. This is the third alien movie in my in my top 10, I'm realizing. Um, So that's crazy. Um, But here we are. And uh, yeah, The Vast Night. It's really, really great. It's on Amazon Prime. I don't want to give away all of the treats that are contained within its runtime. Um, I'll just say if you like sci-fi, if you like Twilight Zone, if you like uh, you know, audio podcasts and things like that, this is the the movie for you. Uh, so check it out. It's a very auspicious debut. I can't wait to see what else Andrew Patterson creates. That is the vast of night. Hopefully a good drone shot in that as well. Yeah, We don't see a lot of good drone shots that are incredibly lazy. The whole sequence that goes into the gym now is... It's a great scene. Yeah, uh, it wasn't uh, a drone though, was it? I'm I'm pretty sure it was. I, oh, I, I thought... I, there's a great piece out there from uh, TH or from the Hollywood Reporter, I believe, that goes into. I'm pretty sure it's a drone. Otherwise, I'm an asshole. Can't remember. I don't know. I thought I heard that it was a shot that because it's like a giant tracking shot that goes to the the football, the football, the basketball court, and then yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like on the back of a go kart. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. Up. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, I really hope uh, if you're a fan of audio podcasts, uh, that's because you're listening to us. So, you know, hopefully that's I was trying case. to mean like I was trying to say like, you know, podcast theater, like, you know, audio like, uh, radio gotcha. play type yeah. stuff. But I, yeah, as yeah. I said it, I was like, hmm, I certainly hope they are. Otherwise, <laughs> what situation are they in where they've gotten this far into this podcast? Yeah. So here we are at the half point of our lists. Um, you know, the, the, the first losers are gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is when it gets good, this right? This is when it gets real. This is when it actually matters. Um, the short list is over and we've gotten down to the top fives. So congratulations, top five films. Here we are. Bill Graham, what is your fifth favorite movie of the year? So mine is another double up. Um, we're going to see a few of these kind of coming up, uh, but uh, this is driveways. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. I knew I was kind of shooting for this because of uh, Brian Dennehy and Hong Chow. Uh, but I ended up really, really loving this film. Um, it is 
very, very different than what you kind of expect it to be, um, even from the outset. Um, and yeah, I just, I just love this relationship between the, the kid, um, and, uh, Brian Dennehy's character. I think the kid is played by Lucas Jai. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just touching in a way. Um, what it made me pissed off about is just the fact that you just can't find a, a good friendship or something like that and just press pause on it and just say, I want to live here forever. Right. Um, it makes me nostalgic for all the friends that I used to have, uh, that I've either lost touch with or, you know, have moved away or, you know, were friends with me when I was a kid. Uh, hopefully they are not Trump supporters now, but you never know. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where it just makes you nostalgic for like, just, just wanting to press pause on a period of time and just say, let's just, just live here forever, which, uh, uh, you know, was actually a movie earlier this year called Palm Springs, which is actually also pretty great. But yeah. Yeah. But then that uh, movie is all about how much that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Maybe, you know, uh, it's got a hopeful ending. Uh, but that is driveways for now. Uh, I have no fucking idea how to watch this. Uh, good luck. <laughs> I got a screener of it. So, uh, Brian, I can definitely share that with you if you're interested. I maybe but, got it. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Um but once again, yes, driveways suck at plebes. Um, we, <laughs> we can see movies that you can't. It's available. And it's available again, on Showtime. It's available on Canopy. It's available on the. Did you other say it's available on, on Showtime? I did. Ain't nobody subscribing to Showtime. <laughs> what are you I talking know, about? But it's all you can also rent. It. Look, if you're if you're an Eva Green fan, you might be subscribed to Showtime for uh, Penny Dreadful. But yeah, no. I think that's on Netflix now. Oh, okay, nice. Anyway, I'm gonna um, check as the- as Bill said, that was another it's, double is that up. Worth- <laughs> is, is Penny Dreadful actually worth watching? Oh yeah, Tell me. I saw really at least the first season, and I really liked it. Um, I don't know about okay. Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Um, you know, I love the time period, so I but okay. I haven't checked it out. I had to I had to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we're giving TV suggestions, I will once again plug Blown Away season two, competitive glass blowing. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Oh my right. god! I'm not going to explain why Bill just shouted that. Uh, Michael Snydell, <laughs> your number five favorite film of the year. Join our Patreon <laughs> so you get access to our Slack channel. <laughs> <laughs> I yet again say thank you to all the guests who joined us last year. <laughs> I'm going. Okay. Um, yeah my my number five uh, film of the year is Kitty Green's The Assistants. Um, which is essentially a day in the life of a, uh, of a woman working at a, um, at a, uh, Hollywood or not Hollywood, excuse me, a, a film production company in, uh, New York city. And she's an intern there. And, um, uh, it, yeah, so it, it stars Julia Garner and Matthew McFadden also has like uh, one scene that's unbelievable. But um, that fucking guy, yeah, wow, yeah, Tom Wong's um, gams, yeah. But and, and anyways, um, and Timmy the from the Americans is it, it's it's kind of hard to describe as it, it's very much 
it's very uh, spare in its uh, in its storytelling. It is very much just about how this woman is repeatedly put in uncomfortable situations, and she has to do what she can as as an obligation. She needs to deal with a lot of things, whether it's you know telling uh, you know having to answer the phone when the uh, the executive's wife calls and he's with a mistress, um, you know, having to deal with like drudgery, like cleaning up inside the office, you know, it, it has to be said, yes, there is some, uh, there could be some allusions to me too and you know a Weinstein or something but i think that undercuts the film and how subtle and meticulous it is in in things like sound design and framing in uh, feeling so claustrophobic and involving and it essentially just becomes um I, I, I hate when I say things become a horror film, but there's really no other film that made me as uncomfortable as this one last year. And that's without showing an actual thing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's really good. And it is uh, checking, checking my notes. It is available on Hulu. Yes. Um, I didn't see this movie, um, just because of time constraints and stuff. It's available on Hulu. I, I remember lobbying for us to talk about this and I was shot down and I am furious that it is appearing on someone's top five because now it's making me feel like, oh, I probably would have had that on here. I wish that I had, uh, had the bandwidth mentally to go for it. I, I will say, uh, regardless of any quality, uh, there were a few films that I thought, as uh, three men is the main group, I thought we weren't the ones to talk about it. That doesn't mean that we're not able to. That doesn't mean we wouldn't have had a great conversation. But two films that fell into that category for me were The Assistant and Promising Young Woman. And that has nothing to do with quality again. That has nothing to do with that. But like they so fundamentally are about something that women go through on a, on a regular basis, whether it be microaggressions or, you know, trauma and various things along those lines that even having a great guest, it, it did not seem enough to me. So well, we could have kicked Bill off and just gotten another <laughs> guest. <laughs> But, I take the vacation. but I, that is my way of saying it. Yes, there will, or no, there will not, be a promising young woman episode uh, from I the film stage show. I'm aware of that, and I don't care because, again, I've heard nothing but bad things about that movie. But the assistant, I I was really excited to see, and again, making especially this past year. Um, if you go back and listen to the episodes that we recorded, you will hear from I don't know the beginning of March to sometime around August the slow disintegration of my mental state as I worked around the clock to create hand sanitizer and like take care of my daughter during a pandemic. And so I really, to see any movie beyond like the fun stuff that I was watching to unwind, I needed the push of the podcast to make me sit down and watch, um, you know, things like, like, you know, first cow and Shirley and the nest and she dies tomorrow these movies that otherwise I would have been like, I don't 
no, there's a plague. I'm not watching this. <laughs> and so I didn't watch The Assistant because as much as I wanted to see it every time I sat down, I was like, or I could watch Frasier and then go to sleep because I'm so, so tired. <laughs> so um, I will do what I constantly do on these things. If I see one of these movies later on, I'll just throw it up on my letterbox and it uh, it might take the place of something that I've already said on this podcast. There you go. I, I haven't had a chance to watch this either, but uh, it's definitely on my to-do list. I like have the, I even got the disc and I brought the disc to Houston with me. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know if my parents have Hulu, but I know they got a DVD player. And I just still, even with that like layer of like, okay, Cora's is like with her grandmother. I'm like hanging out. It's, it's, warm and it's sunny and i was still like i can't i can't fucking do this if i'm not talking about it on the podcast (laughs) i just can't do it but i look forward to doing it one day um so that's michael seidel's uh number number five yes we are on number five my number five is tenet (laughs) Woo! yeah um you know what that means we doubled up So Tenet, uh, what ha- what what can be said of Tenet that Bill didn't already say or that I didn't already say on the podcast that we had when we talked about Tenet? Really nothing. I feel like at this point I should just stop talking. It's a new Christopher Nolan film. Uh, John David Washington is amazing. That's what Bill said. Uh, Robert Pattinson and Elizabeth Debicki, also amazing. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is there doing a thing, and I kind of <laughs> love it for how kooky it is. Um, I love this. Is that, ins- is that Kenneth? Yeah. Wow, fuck. Okay. <laughs> Once again, playing a Russian villain. Um, And yeah, uh, I just, I'm here for everything this movie's doing. It's totally bonkers. I still think of that building exploding and then making itself again and then exploding again. Nearly uh, yes. constantly. And um, every once in a while, if I'm driving my car on a highway, I think, now, like, how would this work <laughs> if I saw a car and it flipped over, but it actually flipped back up and then went backwards? Like, who was doing that? Um, so yeah, just for a movie that stuck in my brain and that was weirdly an ironic reminder of the power of going to a cinema just because of how much I liked this and how much more I knew I would have liked it if I'd been able to see it in a theater. Um, Tenet is my number five. Um, so Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, number four, Bill Graham. Ooh, okay. Uh, you always say that like you're surprised (laughs) by this. We're we're five in. We're six yeah, in technically. You should know when you're up. Maybe I'm a little druk. Huh? Are you a little or, druk? No. No. Okay. Uh I'm uh, <laughs> anyways, uh let's move on. Uh number four is gonna be another round, also known as Druk. We still I still don't remember if we figured out what the fuck that means. But uh yeah. Anyways, this is another round. Uh it stars, let's see here, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Thomas Bo Larson, among others. Uh, this movie is great. It is fantastic. It is, uh, I think, my first, uh, yeah, my first uh, film in another language. So hooray there. Um, but this movie is great. It is fantastic. It talks. Wait, about- ever or on this list? <laughs> on this list. Oh, jeez. Ouch. Damn. Okay. Anyways. Left it. Come on, Mel. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Whatever. Um, he was anyways, on the Baccarat episode. 
Yeah, I did not like Baccarat. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes, I was. <laughs> I, I was very quiet on Baccarat because I was just like, I didn't like this movie at all. Um, that was also around the start of the pandemic, so that was fun. Uh, anyways, uh, this movie stars Mads Mikkelsen playing an everyman. Uh, it is fantastic. It really, really like dives into this idea of like <laughs> what it means to drink and uh, you know provide uh provide education for uh you know your job or whatever you may be doing uh coaching kids soccer things of that nature um and it just touches on this bromance between these uh couple of teachers and things like that so um yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie, and it's fantastic. Yeah, we did a whole podcast on it. I we did. Th- I um, I, I you you mentioned this movie, and I suddenly started scrolling furiously through my letterbox list. I did not log this as one of my 2020 films. Oh wow! And now I'm like having a minor freakout because I'm like, would it have cracked the top ten? Um. But looking at it, I don't. I think it still would have been an honorable mention. So that's a close call for me. Otherwise, I would have been, have been like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> audible. Just, let's just swap something out real quick. <laughs> but no, I think I'm still happy with my list. Um, Michael Snydell, your number four. Yeah, yeah. My number four is. Um, it, it's not something I would have expected when we started this year. Uh, my general ambivalence to dislike of Steve McQueen has been well documented uh, over the years. Um, and yet, uh, Small Axe, the Amazon Prime anthology of films, uh, was uh, one of the more interesting things I, I saw all this year. And, um, you know, it was interesting because I originally saw it uh, in virtual cinemas at the New York Film Festival. And seeing it alone compared to seeing it second in in a series of five films, uh, turns out it changes a lot of things. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, Lover's Rock has been Are talked about sh- a lot. Oh, okay, so, so you're, you're choosing Lover's Rock? I am. Um, Michael Snydell yeah, once I, again waiting a full minute before naming movie that he's talking about oh i said it at the beginning but uh, i thought okay. you said just small x and i was like oh he's gonna no yeah. i said lover's rock from small x but that's oh, okay. okay um right. i believe i did either way uh yeah lover's rock we've talked about it extensively <laughs> uh we, we talked about it uh on the episode with jordan searles um i should also mention another round was with fiona underhill uh, Thank you. a few weeks ago and Bill Druck literally uh, translates from Danish to English as binge drinking. Yeah, there's not a ton I can say about a Lover's Rock. It's a it's a gorgeous film. It has a tactility I have never felt from McQueen until uh, that film. Uh, it's a great performance, and it's a wonderful film about um, spaces and how people try to find shelter away away from what's outside and how even within that space it's even more complicated yeah it's a great film it's less than an hour and i think it's like an hour and 10 minutes uh, and it's one of the best things i saw this year 
So highly recommend, and uh, I recommend the rest of that anthology of films as well, especially Alex Weedle, which people don't like as much, but I think is the second best. Well, Michael Snydell, uh, I fully agree with you to the point that I also have this as my number four film of the year, uh, Lovers <laughs> Rock. I know. It was funny because he started talking and I said, oh, I get to talk about that in like a couple. Oh, no, I have to talk about it right now. So, yeah, Lovers <laughs> Rock. Uh, once again, we have doubled up, <laughs> but we doubled up on the same number. So here's another one. Um <laughs> bananas uh yeah lovers rock we, we again we we talked about this there's a whole episode if you really need me to explain to you why lovers rock is my number four of the year uh go listen to that episode steve mcqueen one of my favorite working directors um great talent hopefully many 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 decades ahead of him lovers rock reminds me a lot of my own uh misbegotten youth um living in uh basically two different party slash music venues and um once again the kind of universality of the joy of music and the loudness and the everything like that it's just it's super amazing as well as being a very specific very beautiful look into a world that i never otherwise never would have known um lovers rock it's it's fucking great (laughs) there you go that's my tagline so yeah that's my number four all right here we go bronze medal baby bill graham What's your number three film of the year? Bronze medal goes to Soul, which is a fantastic Pixar movie. Um, I really enjoy what this film says, but not necessarily like just a hammer's home necessarily. Um, It leaves a lot to kind of be discovered and talked about. We had a, a fascinating discussion about like what was you know, maybe not fully explored the way uh, some <laughs> cough uh, Michael uh, wanted to be explored. Um, but you know, like I, I'm not too. Gonna, uh, yeah, it's not yeah, just I me. Right. Yeah, but she's not uh, here. We're not going to beat up yeah, on her if she can't defend herself. Um, so look, look, uh, this movie really is fantastic. Uh, I I really fell for it. I, I watched this with Erica. Um, this was a, a nice soothing balm compared to Wonder Woman 1984, um, which we I think we watched it back to back or something like that. It was so would like a, a hornet's nest be, though. No? Yeah, so. I know. I know that movie's bad. Um, anyways, so this movie soul uh, is on Disney Plus. Uh, shout outs to to John Batiste, who like Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor, like, yeah, great, great composers. Like, I love that they've they've partnered together. Um, fuck that. Like, they, they are not the reason that this mo- movie works. Uh, it is the music of John Batiste. And no, one, uh, no one's so, like uh, walking out of that movie humming and tapping their feet to the ambient noise that happens in the great before. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, this this is definitely like a shout out to jazz musicians and John Batiste, who, who definitely did a lot of the, the musical score uh, for this in the real world sections and whatever the hell you want to call that. Yeah. Um, this movie made me scared shitless of being in New York. I've never been to New York. Uh, <laughs> this movie did that to me. I, I was not uh, expecting to have a panic attack in the middle of, uh, of, of a Pixar movie. Um that stars a fluffy, fluffy ass cat. So uh, this movie is great. It does everything that I want it to do. Um, and yeah, it, you, you know, I will say we had a 
great conversation about this movie. So uh, if you're interested in in learning more or hearing our thoughts on that, definitely check that out. But uh, it's also on Disney Plus. Uh, this is another double up. So yeah, double up. All right, happy to see Soul come up. I'll have to check if I still have my spreadsheet from last year. I think this might be the most double ups that we've ever had. And I don't know if that's it's been pand- a lot. I don't know if that's pandemic related or or if it's just been a particularly strong year. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see what how many more we get. Michael Snydell. What's your number three? What's your bronze medal? My number three is probably what you were joking about before we started, which it is uh, almost a four and a half hour film about City Hall. It's Frederick Wiseman's City Hall, which is uh, true. Yeah, to I, did, I didn't have time for this. <laughs> no, I, I definitely I wanted to see this. And apparently, like, there's some there's some stuff about uh, the, the main character that you may want to kind of talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Bill. I actually forgot about that. I, I want to check. Let me check what position actually it is. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is uh, true to form for Wiseman. Uh, it is another look into. It's another biting, uh, vicious look <laughs> into an institution. The guy uh, in the, this the case, library one, right? It is. It is. This one is much. Much uh, less enamored <laughs> with its subject because this is essentially four hours of people not getting things done. And when good things happen, it's almost like a fluke. Uh, and one of the kind of main characters of this is the mayor, Marty Walsh, who. Uh, our new uh, president is uh, he nominated for the labor secretary position. Uh, let's say Marty, he comes off. He doesn't come off well. <laughs> he comes off as someone who's very image conscious and tries to empathize with people by constantly bringing himself up. Uh, and he's he's someone who is well-intentioned, but very much a brand manager. And I think that's what a lot of City Hall is, is very much about, while also embodying the the spirit of of this community and what you know what it's like and showing the various parts of boston which seems very confusingly arranged <laughs> i don't know i've never been to boston it seems like a very confusing city in its arrangements it's one of those uh, great east coast cities that sprung up organically and so like nothing makes sense <laughs> I having not been there, I have to say this documentary gets that across, and um, you know, in in very uh, a characteristic way. Again, this is very much a fly on the wall. It's long sequences that play out, and uh, you know, essentially seeing people, you know, uh, hang themselves kind of on their own petard and self sabotage their own messaging. Um, but then it's also a wonderfully uh, incisive look at, at things like community policing, uh, things about, um, uh, sorry, economic development, about the way that. And uh, yeah, it's it's funny, it's moving, and uh, I 
understand I, I as always I feel like I understand so much more about a, an institution after this so yeah city hall is um as usual with Wiseman, it's a little hard to get, but uh, for some people, it's available on WTTW Passport, which if you have PBS, you may be able to watch. Feels like <laughs> even if you can get it, it'd be pretty hard to watch. What? No. what because it's fucking four hours long. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it's it's a really easy watch. I, I will say that there are... I'm just saying, are... fitting it into the day of a human being with, like, a job I, and a life I, is... Yeah, I mean, I, I did two... I, I did two settings only because I ended the first setting around 10.30. But I will say there were a few awards nominees that we might talk about later this year that required more than two settings. <laughs> oh, shit. Can't wait. Shit to hear about that um that's always the good like if if we talk about like when you and i were talking about vice and you, you and i each were like oh god it took me like three tries yes oh <laughs> fuck vice and then once that halfway thing happened i'm like oh there's so much more <laughs> It's like me with Borat when I like paused it at some point to like go get a drink and i was like oh my god i've only been watching for 20 minutes <laughs> Um, fake ending fuck you vice fucking goddamn vice um yeah let's just have a whole other episode where we rip vice some more that'll be cathartic um speaking of catharsis my number three is the devil all the time uh this is a film that was on netflix and um i we had a real interesting conversation about this one yeah, Matt Cipolla on that episode. Yep. Uh, this is directed by Antonio Campos. It stars a bevy of people that you all know and love, uh, including Tom Holland, Jason Clark, Riley Keough, Sebastian Stan, Bill Skarsgård, uh, Eliza Scanlon, Mia Vosikoska, Robert Pattinson. Um, this this is a crazy-ass movie. It's the type of thing where I think I even said it on our, our podcast about it. It seems like it was made distinctly and directly for me. It's got real hardcore Appalachia energy and it's just about violence and curses and God and bad people doing terrible things and eventually getting some kind of righteous punishment for it. Uh, whether or not that punishment really like makes up for or atones for their evil or not, it doesn't matter. It's just nice that it happens to them. And it's got the kind of of voiceover the kind of lyrical narrative voiceover that like um the assassination of jesse james has that i just is like catnip for me you know just into my veins give me a third person omniscient narration in a movie uh because my novels were my first love and i've moved on to film but i still like some novel in my film and so for me that is the devil all the time listen to our podcast episode and again check it out on netflix I don't mean to be petty, but I really appreciate that there's about a three second point in this film where uh, Riley Keough does uh, blows a strawberry like at the frame, like at the camera. And it like it summed up the whole movie for me. It's it's like I didn't even need to go on a podcast to talk about it. Just spitting a <laughs> strawberry at the camera? Yeah. <laughs> just just <laughs> that's, that's all I need. Oh, that's a raspberry. <laughs> I, I said yeah. strawberry, didn't I? Yeah, I was like, I don't remember Riley Keough <sighs> I, I, shooting reason, a I strawberry exactly out of her mouth. 
You knew what I meant. Thank you, Bo. No, I knew what I knew. I knew what a ra- uh, or yeah, a raspberry strawberry. <laughs> I like literally stuff. pictured Riley Keogh sitting <laughs> on a blanket with a red ripe strawberry in her mouth before she shoots it out of her mouth at the camera, and I was like, I literally don't remember that. You can pull it up. And watch the tape. Right, but like again, it's yeah. he he meant blow a raspberry, so that's yeah, a completely yeah, yeah. different thing. He wasn't like she wasn't like cricket spitting a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, no one here knows about competitive cricket spitting. No. Okay. Well, let's move on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> even please. talk about it. Next. <laughs> Next. All right. Silver medal time, gentlemen. Bill Graham, number two film of the year. All right. Uh, this is another double up, baby. Uh, this is The Vasta Night. This is one of those that we watched early on um, into the pandemic. Uh, I watched this with my mom and uh, fiance, and I it was kind of late at night, and I was like, hey, I need to see this for the podcast. Do we want to watch this? And they were like, uh, yeah, and I turned it on and I was riveted. Um, this is, yeah, it, like Brian said, uh, he mentioned that, you know, if you're a fan of kind of the long form audio uh, plays or, or things of that nature, long form audio podcasts, um, this is definitely going to be up your alley. Um, I just loved like all the things that aren't done in this film, but also all the things that are done. Um, it's got a kind of goofy kind of, uh, you know, intro, but uh, stick with it. It definitely gets a lot better. It's got some very snappy dialogue that's maybe a little bit too on the nose for some people, but, you know, it's it's just a lot of fun once you kind of find the rhythms of this film. Um, I was blown away by just how much I ended up enjoying this little, little film. Um, and yeah, Andrew Patterson, uh, writes and, uh, or no, just directs. Um, and he is just someone to watch for the future. Um, so, Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, it is written, uh, by Patterson as well under a pseudonym. That's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this movie's weird. This movie's fun. It's on Amazon. What the fuck? I I don't know. I, I, I don't even know what's going on with these uh, streaming services now, but Jesus, I'm I'm glad they, they exist because we've been really fucking sh- like shit out of luck this year uh, if these things didn't didn't exist. So uh, fantastic, go seek it out. It's definitely like I feel like it had some uh, some kind of momentum and it's kind of lost all of that momentum. I feel like a lot of people forgot they even saw it this year. So that's unfortunate, but uh, I definitely remembered it and it is my number two. All right. Michael Snydell, what is your silver medal? My silver medal has uh, I'm doubling up with uh, with uh, Mr. Bill Graham. And uh, it's Kelly Reichert's first cow. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it's I, I'm no air horn for this one, Brad. <laughs> Sorry, I was writing first cow into my spreadsheet, and then I was like, oh shit, it's a double up. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so it's Kelly Reichardt's first cow. Kelly Reichardt is, uh, yeah, she's probably in my top five uh, favorite slash best living directors right now. Um, and so, yeah, she's every one of her films I've pretty much loved, but I think this one is um, her warmest. It's it's her most approachable while still having a very subversive, rebellious streak. I, I mean, I, I love how this is a, a film that is about, yes, stealing milk from a cow and making delicious pastries, but it's also very... Tasty fun. cakes! Oily cakes. Oh, oily cakes, sorry. Not tasty cakes. <laughs> it's also very much uh, about a very hostile civilization to everyone except a very small class of people. Um, and I, I just think over and over, it's it's smart about uh, how how early towns work. It's smart about how uh, immigrants live. It's it's very moving about two people from uh, from very different backgrounds in a way that doesn't just go into fish out of water cliches. Uh, there's something really, um, I think, unique in Orion Lee and uh, John. Majero, I think is his name. Sorry, just give me one second. Yes, it is uh, Jean Majero and uh, Orion Lee. And I just think they give two of the best performances of this year. And uh, this movie was just something that continued to surprise me. It's uh, it's gorgeous. It's fun. And uh, as always, underneath the quiet... Kelly Reichard is angry about everything in society, which is why partly why I love her. <laughs> yeah, I just I really wish I had liked this movie more because then we could have had a triple up. It's uh, it is available for rental and uh, it's also on Showtime, even though uh, Brian and Bill think Showtime does not exist. Showtime is <laughs> like second runner up to HBO. It's just. No, it's 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 runner or uh, I would say it's. For me, it's actually stars HBO Max as far as premium channels go. But uh, I know many will disagree. I, I stars. We need to now pause stars, everything and talk about this. Stars has the secretly the best movie selection. Interesting. All right. Mm. Well, uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash the film stage show and uh, come on Slack and ask what the fuck's that all about. Um, as for me, my silver medal, I hand to the way back um film by gavin o'connor <laughs> what, what was that of course you do <laughs> and at this point anyone who's listened to all the episodes and is aware of what we talked about has already guessed my number one and clicked off of this episode anyway uh the way back gavin o'connor who previously did warrior and miracle fuck yeah 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 fucking love gavin o'connor um in the accountant the accountant you forgot about the accountant yeah no. i mean here's the thing i remember liking the accountant i also remember not understanding the ending of the accountant because a family walked into the theater <laughs> sat right behind me and started openly talking because they thought they were in a different theater and that this was just a trailer the secret to the accountant friend is even if you heard every word the twist does not make sense. <laughs> right. It was like one of them was the other's brother, right? Is that what happened? I think. 
Sort of. That's was like the start. His dad, yeah. I can't even remember. Anyway, the way back. Uh, ben Affleck is a former basketball star uh, for a high school team, and he is now an alcoholic. And the reasons behind that are shrouded in a slight mystery, sort of, for some of the movie. Really, what I appreciate about this movie is that it has all the trappings of a typical uh, victory heals all wounds movie. But then, even though it 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 ably and awesomely lives up to those standards for a long time, it is not um, it's not below subverting that and showing that really the only way to heal a damaged soul is actually to put in the work and like admit you have a problem and talk about things and open yourself up emotionally. It is truly a movie that somehow splits the difference between um, the the actual like real social utility of being part of a team and finding what works and winning, but also understanding the limitations of that. And uh, Ben Affleck gives a powerhouse performance. This movie is amazing. It's the only basketball movie I've ever seen where I actually give a shit about the basketball games because basketball is perhaps my least favorite mainstream sport in America. And um, yet somehow this movie made me really, really care. So that is the way back. Um, It is available to rent on VOD. And I suggest that y'all do that shit. It's It's also on HBO. Yeah, it's on HBO as well. Oh, nice. Uh, Michael, were you going to say something? I was going to say, I I like this one. (laughs) Yeah. um, Without any spoiling, I just want to say I really appreciate the structure of this movie. It really caught me off guard. Yeah. Where they decided. Yeah. Um, I will. I'll add that this is like the one. I think this this is the one thing that we've talked about that i we didn't have like a full-on podcast on because i kept shouting that i wanted to do the way back and somehow that didn't happen oh that's right we didn't end up doing this this was right around i think this was the literal last movie i saw in theaters before the the pandemic shut them down Ah. and um i i spent a long time i spent like three months building up to this saying we're doing the way back and mm-hmm. then somehow it didn't happen. So the, if if anyone's keeping track at home, apparently this year there were two movies that I really, really lobbied to do episodes on and it didn't happen. Um, but one of them was pre-pandemic. And so I had the existential energy to still go out and see it. Um, mm-hmm. So that was good for me because it was my number two film, The Way Back. What did we Tiny talk about instead of The Way Back? I, timing just didn't work out. I, and I remember... I remember it was on the schedule, but then something else got moved. At one point, First Cow was also around that same time. At one point, uh, I, I, I have no idea what actual week that was, but I'm just saying, like, we didn't conspire to stop you from talking. It often about feels the like <laughs> this world is conspiring against me, and it especially <laughs> felt that way on the way back because, again, there was three months of notice that I was crying during the trailer and I needed to see this movie. <laughs> I, I believe I made fun of you on a podcast about you saying that. Cause I think jokingly, I was like, have you guys heard of this fucking movie the way back? I want to say that I want to say that Dan Mecca was on and you said something yes. about that. And Dan and I had like a love fest over how much we loved oh, that yeah. trailer and we're looking forward to the movie. And then I was like, well, we need to watch it. We need to do a podcast and Dan Mecca needs to be on it. But it didn't happen. What th- this movie? I mean, this is a thing that I didn't even realize I missed until just now. 
Do you remember when we used to like heavily anticipate movies based on trailers and we would talk week to week about whether we saw the trailer for the movie that we wanted to see again? I like, still do that. Like I still regularly watch trailers. <laughs> oh, I fucking don't. I don't. No way. Yeah, no, I don't. Either. We, we would. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> thing that I miss from from movie theaters is watching fucking right, trailers. You gotta force me to watch a trailer because like everyone's like Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't need to see that fucking shit early or ever really. And I liked <laughs> the first Godzilla, and I'm still just so uninterested in any of these. Um. But no, like look forward it, to our episode. <laughs> it happened with Crawl. It happened with uh, Hide and Seek. No, mm, yes. Hide and Seek had a great yeah. It, yeah it's not called Hide and Seek. Not. It's Ready or Not. Yeah, Ready Hide and Seek not. is okay, different. Okay. God, that fucking movie. I love that movie. <laughs> um, that was a movie that I did successfully get us to talk about on this podcast, and I'm super excited about it. Same with Crawl. But like those were trailers where like. Every week, if if I saw that trailer before whatever movie we were actually talking about, I would hijack the conversation to talk about how excited I was and how I was like, if I'm seeing this trailer in front of this movie, it's got to be good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I miss uh, there's many things I miss about the movies and I'm just now realizing that I miss trailers. Yep. Yeah. I don't miss Olaf's Frozen Adventure, though. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that is. Still haven't seen it. Bill Graham. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Enough jabbering, you maniac sons of bitches. It's time to give out the gold medal. It's time to tell everyone at home what the best movie of the year of our Lord 2020 was. We begin with Bill Graham. Uh, not our Lord. He's your Lord. <laughs> no, he's well, all of our Lords. It's just whether or not you accept him or not. Um, Anno Domini. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> Bill Graham, All right. there will be no clock. There will be no air horn. Feel free to oh, go on forever. Thank I, you. If I get bored, I I'll just tune out. <laughs> okay, good. What is your <laughs> gold medal number one film of 2020? It is Time by Garrett Bradley. This is a documentary. Uh, this is something that uh, our benevolent Lord and Master, Jordan Raup, put on my to-do list um, when he put it as his number one film of the year. And uh, so I was like, okay, I guess I got to fucking see this thing. And uh, luckily enough, it happens to be on Amazon. How about that? Um, this was released on my fucking birthday. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud i don't know whatever um Are you really afraid that someone's like slowly going to steal your identity based on personal information <laughs> they found out about you on this podcast that'd be hilarious um they they probably know a lot about me on this podcast to be honest with you uh too much uh but that is okay uh hopefully you are also a patreon subscriber if you uh steal my identity so at least i'm getting some of your money in a reciprocal fashion but uh that being said uh this movie is fantastic or this documentary is fantastic um it really puts into perspective all of these black lives matter protests and everything that's going on in the world right now and especially around this time um it just it makes you realize more and more just like what we are doing to each other as humans um it is fucking sad and I, I this movie really is in a lot of ways a celebration of like 
continuing to fight and continuing to persevere, even though a lot of systems and a lot of things are kind of rigged against you. Um, and yeah, I just found this uh, documentary incredibly moving, incredibly just affecting. Um, I cannot say enough good things about it. I don't want to belabor the point because it is readily available. You can go see this. Uh, and it is getting a lot of awards considerations and things like that. Um, I think this and uh, Dick Johnson is dead uh, is, are like the two documentaries that like a lot of people are really like pushing um, and for for good reason. Um, and yeah, I, I just go watch it. It's it's not even that long. It is in black and white. Uh, it's 81 minutes. So, you know take it from me a, a person that hates spending time uh watching long things this is a, a great use of your time genuinely so that's my number one all right michael snydell my number one is uh pedro costa's uh vitalina varela which interestingly enough is the uh the only film on my list that i saw in theaters I actually saw this um, back in October of, of 2019, and it's surprisingly been a film that has stuck with me all, all of 2020. Um, How does you sure. saw it in 2019 at a at a festival? Oh, the festivals. Okay, yeah, at the festivals. Yeah, um, I, I should say it's now well, not widely, but it is available to stream on the Criterion uh, channel. Um, uh, I, it's, and it's, it, also, it's also available. Uh, there is a streaming platform that you can sign up for. Uh, it is free to sign up for and you get access to this and you also get access to zombie child or no. Is this Ovid? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, you do have to pay for this. Uh, this there, there is a, another way to stream it, uh, to rent this online. Sorry. That was uh, zombie child and, uh, wild goose lake. Sorry about that. Uh, no, but no, th this one you can rent online. Uh, there is a streaming service. Uh, there's, there's some kind of like large collaboration between a bunch of like South by Southwest partners and, and other, uh, film, uh, festival partners that kind of created this online uh, streaming platform that you can rent some of these things. And this is one of them. Clearly I've seen this. <laughs> no, uh, it's all good. Thank you, Bill. Um, yeah. I, I only saw that it was on criterion channel. I, I believe it's for rent as, as well. If you do not have that. Um, so yeah, this is uh, the latest film from Portuguese director Pedro Costa, who has uh, has now done about uh, a dozen films uh, about uh, immigrants in, in Cape Verde, um, in in uh, Lisbon, uh, Portugal, and uh, so uh, like Horse Money from uh, 2014, the last film from Costa. This is another. Uh, uh, just like a magisterial a dark night of the soul um i, I don't want to just call it um, a monologue but this film is, is essentially about the woman in the title vinalina varela a woman who um comes back 
to Cape Ver- Cape Verde to meet her husband who's been gone for uh, 25 years. So as the film begins, she's literally getting off the plane and uh, she goes to his house and learn that he died three days earlier. And it, it follows her uh, through this kind of purgatorial city um, as she kind of uh, goes through his memories and, um, you know, find out who he was and, and the life that kind of never was. And, you know, it's it's a very spare story and much of it is told in this uh, very specific um, kind of poetic, uh, yeah, uh, like a certain poetic language, and uh, it's it's just unbelievably gorgeous in terms of its uh, lighting and the compositions. Like it, it has a certain uh, texture that's comparable to like uh, Caravaggio and um, a, a lot of painters from that era, and um, yeah, it just it. It's a portrait that just kind of brings together uh, the biography of this woman, the history of that place, and uh, this very uh, ghostly but lingering um, regret uh, of this woman. And yeah, I know we talk a lot about how a frame of a film could be a painting, but this is just an almost overwhelmingly uh, beautiful film. And uh, unlike any experience I've had in a theater in maybe the last at least five years. All right. That is Michael Snydell's number one. As for me, anyone want to take a blind flying guess at what my number one is? Was there a secret Malik I don't know about? I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's, it's uh, a no. tiny animated short. Yes. Oh. The only the only thing that could ever have given Malik a run for his money, in fact, should he have put out a film this year. That is The World of Tomorrow, Episode 3, The Absent Destinations of David Prime. Um, we had a whole uh, podcast on this. I feel that if you are looking for my thoughts on it, however, you'd be better served going to thefilmstage.com and looking at my written review. This is a fantastic movie. Um, just Don Hertzfeld is a mad genius uh, with skills and and aesthetics so far beyond anything that I can comprehend. And uh, just everything about this was amazing. The way that it feeds into the previous two films and what is now a trilogy. And that what I only hope turns into like a dodecadilogy or whatever you want to call it. Just like... <laughs> Keep putting them out, Don. Just do do whatever you can. Uh, keep giving me these until I too eventually die and have my consciousness uploaded into a clone. Um, just the the madness of the plot and the simplicity of the message and the interesting little weird snippets of technology um, that all just show how incredibly lonely and desperate for connection we all are even as more and more technology makes our life quote unquote better amongst the many other messages there are um yeah this movie is fantastic and um and i'm i'm glad that we were able to talk about it um and that i was able to write about it brianna ziegler was the guest on that one indeed so yeah, yeah. Uh, that, 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 tomorrow, episode three, the absent destinations. That, that's 
small short managed to make me laugh maybe the hardest I've laughed in in any of 2020s movies. So, um, yeah, and that's specifically revolving around the thing that makes him scream the entire time. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are that's those it. are some movies, y'all. Those are yeah. some movies. We did it. It's uh, it's over. Uh, Do we want to run over. through the honorables? Yeah, I was, <clears throat> I was about to say uh, you each have like ten seconds to name as many of your honorable mentions as you feel you need to. There will be I, no color commentary. Just give me the title. I I want to mention one thing real quick. Um, I took Lovers Rock off of my what would have been on my list just simply because of the voting and everything going on with that. Uh, Steve McQueen submitted it to the Emmys, so I was just like, I don't feel like I want to put this. But yes, everything that everybody said about Lovers Rock is absolutely true and fantastic, and people need to go watch that, including Mangrove as well. But yeah, uh, Lovers Rock is just Chef's kiss emoji. If there is a chef's kiss emoji. Um, I think there's like a, there's definitely a kiss and there's definitely like fingers put together, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I heard that he, he said like, Oh, I'm, I'm submitting it to the Emmys and you know what I don't give a shit about? I don't give a shit about that. It's still a movie to me. I still saw it the way I saw many movies and thus it remained on my list. Fair enough. Yeah. And even though it was short, it's still longer than my number one movie. And, uh, so yeah, there's that. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so let's do some honorable mentions. I'll start off uh, in no particular order and executing or executing and stopping at no particular time. Um, again, trolley kind of thing, but Queen's Gambit is truly spectacular and everyone should check it out. Sound of Metal, <laughs> Palm Springs, Onward, uh, Another Small Axe, Mangrove, uh, Sorry We Missed You, True History of the Kelly Gang, and uh, I'll just throw in the rhythm section and Tesla as two weird-ass movies <laughs> then I'm very glad I got to see this year. Yeah. Michael, you want to go next? Sure, sure. Uh, Rustic Oracle, which is on Vimeo On Demand. Uh, Isadora's Children. Fire Will Come, which is also on Kim Stim. La Casa Lobo, the best animated film I saw this year mm. on Shudder. And Alone, which is on Hulu, which I highly recommend to Brian. You just watch this. It is. It's it's that good that I put it. So all all of these honorable mentions are not my fifteen through eleven. They are things that I didn't think get got quite enough shine. And alone just fucking rules, Brian. I think you would like that. That is my crawl for this year. It is not about <laughs> crocodiles or alligators, but it is about a woman escaping a psychopath, and it rules. And it's directed extremely well. Remind a cold-blooded killer this? hunts a widow in the wilderness after she escapes from his remote cabin in the Pacific Northeast, Northwest. Yep. Sounds it's like my kind of shit. Hulu. It's like 97 minutes, I believe. Gonna watch this. Okay. Awesome. Yep, yeah. yeah. Gotta check out that and the assistant. Yep. All right. Hulu movies. Uh, one thing we didn't mention was uh, The World of Tomorrow. You can find that on Vimeo. Uh, I think yeah. you have to Thanks, purchase Bill. it. Um. I can't remember. I, I think I think you might be able to. Rent it. Yeah, right. you, you can rent it. I think you can rent it. So, but yeah, um, that's how you can you watch. You have to rent each one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unfortunately, there's there's no way to stream it. You might be able to like, you know, nefariously, but give them your fucking money. Don't do that. Don't deserves your money. 
Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, my honorable mention, I already mentioned Lover's Rock, so uh, I kind of skipped that. But uh, mine are The Sound of Metal, The Way Back. Uh, yes, fantastic. I love that movie. Uh, One Night in Miami. Uh, how about movie theaters, right, guys? Uh, the Miserable Man was the last movie I saw in theaters. Uh, man, what a what a fun experience that was. Uh, Miss that so much. And then uh, The Wolf House or Casa de Lobo. Uh, yeah, that movie is fucking <laughs> wild. Is that the one shit. that's like the full room stop motion? Yes, whatever, yes. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Don't watch yeah. it with your kids. Uh, it's not a kid's movie. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I've watched some movies that aren't kid's movies with Cora, and she always uh, seems to like them. <laughs> uh, she might be afraid of this one. <laughs> I frighten her just a little bit. This That's this funny. movie's fucking wild and weird. And it did not start the way that I was I was thinking it was going to. So <laughs> just, just be prepared to kind of wade through some weird-ass bullshit to get to the actual movie. Um, so, yeah, that's okay. uh, there, there's a lot of pretense there. Uh, but, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is some wild-ass shit. Enjoyable, highly enjoyable stuff. All right. Uh, the other thing that we want to do before we clock out of here is yes. go through the Patreon community top 10 of 2020. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to speak that out and um if anyone should, should we any, give the air horns? Uh yeah, I guess those those guys oh, are in the air horns. Oh. Sure, why not? Guys and a couple of ladies, I'm sure. I am from yeah. the northeast. I use guys as a gender neutral term. I got gotcha. you. No worries. I do that too. I say <laughs> dude a lot, so I'm one of those guys. I call I my man. female friends dude more than I call my male friends dude. So I don't know what that <laughs> says about me. I say um, bud. I say bud a lot. <laughs> Buddy is okay. Is Buddy that like is a Chicago fine. thing? That feels like it should be a Chicago thing. Hey, I bud. Know. I feel yes, like you so. can only say that while you're eating your deep dish pizza with a fork and a knife. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I had some Giordano's delivered this year twice, actually. Uh, so, yeah, that was lovely. Interesting. Um, I prefer this, but yeah. <laughs> Jesus. What would you say? What'd you say? As far as like the bigger ones, I prefer lose. You lose. Okay. Oh, do, do they deliver though? That's the question across the continent. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend who got the, uh, the, the delivery deep dish thing and it was interesting. Um, anyway, so let's, let's do it. The top tens from our Patreon community. Um, how many people was it? It was like 20 something people. No, I got there. it's more than that. I don't have the number though. That would have been great to get. <laughs> All right. Well, you look that up while I read these. Um, so we got Possessor, which I, did any of us actually see Possessor? Yes. I, I didn't get around to it. it. It's on my list to see, but specifically because it was on our our top t- or our Patreon's top ten. So I will I will seek it out and watch it because of y- you Yahoos. All right. Did, we also did have not do it for me, but it's something. <laughs> we also have Vitalina Varela. Is that how you pronounce that, Michael? You just said it. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, we have Nomadland, uh, the movie that I pointedly did not watch. <laughs> <laughs> I Apparently, pointedly did. It is pointedly not on my list. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, enough of them saw it that it made it onto the top tens. We also have number yeah. seven. It's Soul coming back up. Hey. Number six, Sound of Metal, a movie that I feel like we all enjoyed and yet somehow did not end up on any of our lists. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was a late uh, knockout to go put something else in. So, yeah. oops. Oh, we well. also got number five, Lovers Rock. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number four, Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, a movie that we did not talk about. Did any of us actually see that? Yes. yes. Oh, very good. Yeah. All good right. performances. Yes, I did not. I don't even. I don't even know if I know how I could have seen it. Um, HBO. <laughs> all right. Max or like. HBO, HBO. I guess it doesn't really matter. Mm, I don't know. If you got Max, you got it. Yeah. Uh, number three, Time showing up again. Yeah. Number two, to Five Bloods. Hey. And number one, people just cannot keep their hands off of that goddamn first cow. <laughs> just people are in love with that. Milking it. They are really milking it. That is the most wanted, sexiest goddamn cow. Um, Their honorable mentions are The Invisible Man, a fun movie. Uh, Dick Johnson is Dead, a movie I did not see. Uh, Mangrove, The Lodge. Michael, do you have thoughts on that? Uh... And Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets, which I will echo what Michael said about The Lodge. The Lodge is way, way, way worse than Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets. (laughs) I should have put Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets on my honorable. I hated that movie. Um, Anyway, so that's it. The year is over. It's been over, but we're finally, you know putting a stake through its heart by uh, doing our top tens. Let us never speak of any of these things again. Um, that's it. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Or any other? I just like how we meant to make this shorter and it didn't happen at all. No, we still, no. we still kept it short. Like all our things. We're at, like, we're at we- two hours and four minutes, which I think I still might keep us below whatever we were last year. Michael, did you look up how many people gave to our Patreon top tens? I, I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to whisper that. You're on a podcast. Still, Wait, I am? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more than that, but maybe it's not. Because there are more people in that thread. That is true. Actually, when I said that, I feel like that might have been like the last year one. And then we had a lot more. But anyway, there uh, are 44 people in that thread. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Hopefully you've gotten something out of this. Uh, and uh, luckily we were able to say where we were able to watch everything. So y'all can enjoy that shit. Um, that's it. Uh, Michael Snydell, what are we what are we talking about next week? You guys are talking about The Little Things, starring Denzel Washington, Jerry Leto, and oh, Rami Malek. That's right. It's Denzebruary. I, I, meanwhile, bought too many tickets for Sundance, so I am sitting out uh, next week. <laughs> that is the craziest goddamn thing I've ever heard, but all right. I, yeah, I don't know how this happened either. It's a bad choice. <laughs> I don't know. How did you buy? Were you not aware of what? Never mind. It doesn't matter. Uh, we hope you enjoy watching the Sundance movies. I, I hope so, too. I Yeah, choices being, were made. Being able to lord your early did watches you, over everyone did else. Did you get any of like your top like three or four? Yeah, I got everything I wanted. Uh, hey! I, I can say the thing I'm most excited about is the Sun Sono 
uh, Nicolas Cage movie. Wait, is that Sion Sono? I. That's what I. I don't know call. how to pronounce it. All right, Sion okay. Sono. Sion Sono. Uh, it's called yeah. Prisoners of the Ghostlands. Cool. That's that 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 motherfucker is wild. He makes some crazy ass shit. I like his stuff. Oh, Sundance. I look forward to people speaking effusively about movies that never get talked about again. Um, <laughs> See, but I, that's the fun thing. This is the year where I'll hear people say something is good, and then two days later, I can be like, "Oh, that fucking sucked." <laughs> no, you'll also love it, and then four months later, uh, everyone mm-hmm. else will say it sucked, and you'll be like, "Oh, the altitude." And then people will be like, Didn't, wasn't it all virtual? And you'll be like, uh, Chicago's. There will be no excuses. I'm on the fourth floor of my building. Um, <laughs> I don't know what floor uh, you're actually 19th floor. Nice Whoa, try. look at you, Mr. High Rise. Yes, yes. I, I need to get the fuck out of this building. <laughs> it's a polling place. But that, no, I, I want to go somewhere where people don't know when I order out and when I order out shitty food, I don't want to get a call that my shitty food's there. <laughs> Mr. Snydell, this is Eric at the front desk. Your shitty food is here. <laughs> Again, did you not get shitty food yesterday? No, you don't have to tell me again. I know. <laughs> this is the fourth order I've seen you get from Mike's pad tie in one week. Which you need to talk about something. What, what do you mean you got Burger King again? <laughs> oh, God, I'm so. They have good milkshakes. Uh, sorry, let's go. That's like I, I, there's a there's a there's a podcast I listen to, and the host is like lives in New York City and talks about ordering Domino's, and it makes me so mad. <laughs> So fucking angry. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Scott. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's it. So next week, Bill and I will be joined by a special guest to talk about the little things uh, as part of Den February. Um, So look forward to that. Um, In the meantime, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash filmstageshow to give us your money. Don't forget to go to movie.com slash the filmstage. Just no, just filmstage. Movie.com slash I'm so tired. (laughs) Movie.com slash filmstage. Uh, for a free 30 day trial of movie, um, they've got some great stuff on there right now. Uh, I already mentioned Martin Eden. In addition to that, don't forget that you can also watch the original, uh, anime ghost in the shell, which is up there now. And there was another one that I saw that I was like, Oh, I should have really talked about that. And now I can't remember what it is. And I'm scrolling and it's the immigrant by James gray. All of those you can, what was that noise? Michael? It was, it was a boo. Oh, that's a great movie. Um, explains why you're booing it. So that's it for today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that we assault their ears with our opinions. We begin with Bill Graham. Hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG. You can also find me on Instagram at Billstagram. And yeah, mixing it up on the Slack channel. Uh, it's been fun having some newcomers introducing uh, uh, them to our uh, lovely uh, Slack channel members. Uh, all, all this peace, love, and joy, y'all. Peace, love, and joy. It's, it's fun stuff. The veterans and the newbies. <laughs> Michael Snydell. Uh, you can he find bring me a pamphlet to hand out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like uh, a little bit of warnings. Um, if, yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Snydell, uh, Letterboxd. I'm occasionally writing 
things. Uh, I just wrote about our friend, the cancer dramedy starring Jason Siegel, Dakota Johnson, and Casey Affleck for The Spool. So you can read my review of that. Uh, yeah, just keep up with me there. As for me, you can find me on thefilmstage.com where you can find my writing and every episode of this year's podcast. You can also, of course, go to brianjrone.com for other shit that I've done. You can follow me on all the social medias at Brian J. Rowan. And, of course, uh, if you need to drink, and who doesn't, uh, schmidtspirits.com. If you're in the D.C. metro area, come and check it out. And uh, get a whiskey made by your favorite podcaster. Yeah, I said it. Favorite. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> and tune in next week. No is the saddest experience you'll ever know. Yes, it's the saddest experience.